The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. This is Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the Power of Water. What is the Power of Water? Well, it's life's existence. Did you know that when you, your life, when you left your mother's pocket of water and you entered into the delivery room at that moment, you are water. Men are 60 to 75% water. Women are 55 to 65% water. Newborn baby, 75% water. Your muscles, 75% water. Your brain, 80. And did you know that in the womb, your brain and your eyes are connected and your brain is 80% water, but at the surface of your eyes is 98% water on the surface of the cornea. What is dry eye? Uh, the blood, 70% water. Your body fluid, 75 to 98% water. 50 trillion cells are living in your body. Why is it so important that you drink 8 to 10 glasses of water a day? And I recommend with all the years that I've been studying water, which is well over 35 years, drink the water by the glass. Don't sip it so that you know you're getting enough in your body. National Geographic has said this many times, and they've had uh, issues on nothing but water issues. Water is life. Water is finite. All the water on earth that you have today, it must be the way it is with fresh water. If you don't, there's 3% of our 100% is fresh water, but only 1% is usable. So why are we asking you to, to join this critical mission of water? And water is who you are. And every day all over the planet, we're living together now. We're all together in this. We're not, not knowing each other any longer because of what's happened with our progress in modern uh, technology. 5,000 children are dying a day without water. We ought to join together and humiliate those country leaders that are allowing 5,000 children to die a day without water. There should be something done about that, and we're going to do it in time. We're going to humiliate leaders of the world that don't provide water, fresh water, safe water for all life on earth to live. And this is what the show is all about. Today I am really excited. I have Matt Thomas on. He's the founder and owner of of uh, Townshed's Tea Company, but also he does a lot of other things. He's very much involved in the ecology of classroom books and the outdoors. He's also involved in a tea cafes that I think personally are going to be the fad and excitement and the enjoyment of the future, tea cafes with loose-leaf teas. 
And then he decided to do something that I also like, is brew Dr. Kombucha. A lot of you have heard about Dr. Kombucha. It's becoming a craze, but it's going to become, it's going to be there forever. And we're going to learn more about the health of what is happening in teas from, we've had E2N on here on the show from from Japan. We've had Chinese tea companies on here. We've had no end of education about teas and kombucha. But today, Matt and I will be discussing what he's doing about it coming out of Oregon. I'm out of Oregon. And what we're going to discuss, why tea, loose leaf tea, and why books with children and the kombucha future is so exciting to your health. We're going to listen to our sponsor, The Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Did you, as I told you, at the surface of your eyes is 98% water. What is vision impairment? What is loss of vision? The aqueous layer of the surface of your eye and the tear film is starting to go dry, and that's called dehydration. Going too dry could cause a vision impairment to go blind. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the 100% tissue culture grade of water, which is that supplement. If you gals wear cosmetics, guess what? It doesn't even run the cosmetics, and it's wonderful for contact lenses. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Matt Thomas. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our favorite press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the World Talk Radio Network. listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Matt, are you with us? Yeah, Sharon, thanks for okay, having well, me. Well, thank you, and I want the world, the international uh, world to listens to this show all over the world on Apple, iTunes, World Talk Radio, Voice America to know that Matt Thomas is the founder of Townsend's Tea Company, and also he has many other things he's been. We're going to be discussing today, but Matt, tell us why did you call it that? Because, like you said, there's a lot of tea companies out there, but you are the new up uh, the spring that is going to go. I believe and and. and Future-wise, not just in Oregon. I can see you eventually all over this country with this movement you're doing. But why did you call it that? Well, I appreciate your your confidence in what we're doing. Um, well, uh, it was really hard to choose a name when we started out. Um, 
you know, there's plenty of tea puns uh, that were suggested to us, but we didn't really want to want to have uh, a name like that. So we kind of turned to history and and to where we are, and we we found Charles Townsend, who was um, essentially responsible for tea's current underdog status in America. He he authored the uh, Stamp and Tea Act, the Townsend Acts of 1767, which um, led to the Boston Tea Party. And the Boston Tea Party, in turn, led to widespread boycotts of tea in the colonies, and everybody turned to coffee as their daily morning and daily drink, uh, when it really was tea was the champion, and um, it kind of sowed the seeds of our current coffee culture. So we kind of like using the name of the guy that's responsible for tea's underdog status, because we're trying to, to bring it back. Well, it is coming back, I think, and uh, I've been studying water now for oh, well over 35 years. And all of a sudden, I took a fascination to tea. And I was so surprised, Matt, how in Europe and in Holland that they decided the water was so bad that they, people mm. were drinking in Europe hard liquor. They were drinking beer. The, the women and children were drinking beer, and the men were drinking hard liquor. And then all of a sudden, they found themselves hearing that China was boiling water to make this tea. Mm-hmm. And they go over to China, come back to Holland, and begin the tea business, because then you can take bad water, boil it, and t- make this tea. Yeah. And uh, you've now, you're, uh, you've got a different approach to this that I really like, and I think it's the future. And I do have confidence in the way you're approaching this. But then you decided to get into loose-leaf tea. Yeah. So essentially, um, you know, when I was a student at the University of Oregon, um, I wasn't a big coffee drinker, but, you know, all the small groups and all the studying was done at all the coffee shops around campus. Mm-hmm. And so I would try teas that were there, and it was, you know, a selection of maybe eight or ten tea and bags. May I ask you how old you were? Cause well, so I'm, uh, I'm 33 now, you know, so okay. I, I kind of... Uh, because that was a little, that was a, you had a, a, a vision there that started a little <laughs> early, because Oregon is full of coffee. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Oregon's a, it's a foodie culture, you know. Oregon's doing everything. I, I really think, especially in the wellness um, side of, of food culture, Oregon, California, Washington are kind of leading the way for the world. You know, the things that we are starting are kind of spreading um, spreading east and, uh, and then overseas as well. Um, but back to kind of the origin of everything, um, I found myself in a business class where we needed to come up with a, an idea for kind of an underserved market, you know, a, a company that would would kind of benefit people that didn't have, it, it just hadn't existed yet. And so what we thought up was, you know, all those people who go to coffee shops that aren't really coffee drinkers, but they go there because it's maybe a second office or they have meetings. So we wanted to take everything tea, because there are so many things you can do with tea, and put that in the setting of kind of the casual coffee house atmosphere. And that was, you know, back in 2002 that we, we came up with the idea in the small group uh, in business school at U of O. And, uh-huh. um, and that led to, uh, to, to my, my tea house, Townsend. You were fascinated, and you liked tea yourself, obviously. Yeah, the more, you know, the more we got into it and researched it and started buying teas, you know, online or wherever we could get them, you started to realize that once you switched to loose-leaf tea, you really couldn't go back to tea bags. And I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And isn't it fascinating what, how it's growing? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's very exciting. You know, people... people um, Get passionate about tea, and and again, so many different 
ways to get passionate about tea. You know, classic rare teas or, you know, very exotic teas that are hard to get or just, you know. Well, Matt, we've had on here also the founder of Stash Tea. Oh, well, and, uh, and uh, I had to, I have to tell you the story, and we'll move on. Because my husband's from Holland, and uh, several years ago, he'd stopped drinking any coffee. He started drinking uh, Matt Green Stash tea, hmm. and it was so amusing because everywhere he went, he didn't carry his tea bag, and he would go into these restaurants all over the country because mm-hmm. we travel so much with our company. And and one time he was in uh, in Manhattan. And he turned to the waitress in downtown Manhattan. She says, he said, I'm, I would like green tea. And she said, oh, okay. He says, do you have stash green tea? And Matt, she says, I don't know. Let's go down in the basement and see how much stash I have. <laughs> <laughs> and people around the table were just, and people who heard it, it was so funny. But anyway, we have, he's been, a, I'm, I'm a, a jasmine green tea. But back to you. Mm-hmm. And then you started with all of this vision. You started tea cafes. Are you calling them cafes? Oh uh, yeah, tea houses. I like tea I houses. Like the term tea house because yeah. it kind of inquire, you know it implies like, that cozy, you know, warm atmosphere. Oh yeah. Rather than a cafe, you know, can, kind of feels uh, I don't know mass produced or corporate in a way. Yeah. <laughs> in, well, my, in my mind, well, anyway, a tea well, house. Has, you know, you, in, you picture maybe a, you know, I don't know, a steaming pot of tea. Um, yeah, and that, I think that's really struck a chord with people. Um, and we've got, let's see, we've got three of them now, one, uh, two in Portland, one over in central Oregon in the, the resort town of Bend. And then we've also got a relationship with Whole Foods Market. I saw that. They invited us to open a tea bar inside one of their grocery oh, stores. Oh, inside of there. Oh, I can hardly yeah. wait for you to get downtown Manhattan with one. <laughs> uh, did you, know the whole, <laughs> you ever go to Manhattan? Yeah, you know, I had a, a 28-hour layover, and that's I, I got the whirlwind tour from a friend. Okay, who, well, uh, down in Times Square, they have a Whole Food now. They have other Whole Foods in Times uh, in Manhattan, but they have a Whole mm-hmm. Food in Times Square, and uh, that's what you tell them uh, that's where you want to be. Yeah, I'm sure. Because all the people that go into Whole Food in Times Square are absolutely uh, you. The feeling you get of people caring about what they're putting uh, their health. I call it Health Olympics. And um, and it is just primo. Uh, and they carry home their bags, and or they have a chauffeur carry them home. <laughs> take them home. <laughs> sure. But uh, or a town car. But back to you and your. Um, then you have something else, and I'm going to bring up the children and the books at the end of the show. Then you decided to get into something that I found fascinating. That uh, you started getting. You started uh, brew doctor kombucha and kombucha is really coming on, and you saw a vision of kombucha. When was the first time you ever tried kombucha? Well, you know, we part of what we, the way we kind of grew our offerings at the tea houses is we were just listening to our customers, the experiences they had had with other teas, and people started bringing in, you know, uh, kombucha. And and uh, so I started researching it in, uh, in 2007, and we started brewing it in 2008, and um, and really, it, it took it took off pretty well for us. You know, we had two now, tea houses at that Now, explain to our time. audience; they understand a tea. 
Mm-hmm. They understand that when they go into all these different, even the malls, they're seeing these tea places, these tea stores, which I isn't didn't uh, Starbucks buy a tea store? Yeah, they're trying. Yeah. They're trying to push. There, it. So yeah, he's, some, he's uh, noticing. The founder of Starbucks is noticing tea is on the move. Right. But anyway, then uh, they, people can see when they go into the grocery store how enormous these tea sections have gotten. Yeah. But uh, now, and, and there's, uh, we'll talk about some of these teas here pretty soon, but then you decided the kombucha and explain to them what kombucha is. So kombucha is essentially you have to have some kind of tea, whether it's a black tea, a green tea, oolong, or white tea. You have to have the presence of caffeine, and you have to have some sugar. So it's basically a sweetened tea, that you, and then you introduce uh, a starter culture, which is a bacterial colony. You know, it's 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 called a SCOBY, which stands for Symbiotic Colony of Bacteria and Yeast, um, much the way I guess people make, uh, you know, similar to sourdough bread or yogurt. I was going to say that it's yeah. like a sourdough bread. Okay. Exactly. So, Starter. Uh, and then you let it kind of uh, do its thing. Um, it's, it's an aerobic, I guess, um, you know, transaction where it needs oxygen and it gives off carbon dioxide. It creates a lot of probiotics. Um, uh, it creates some B vitamins in there, and it, it just kind of turns into essentially um, a tea soda after you after it's finished and you bottle it and it, it carbonates. It it kind of serves that um, that need for something like it's like a very substantial drink, a lot of flavor, and then the fizziness that is mm-hmm. created it it kind of satisfies that need. I, I've heard of a lot of people who have kind of quit drinking soda who maybe were hooked on, you know, a couple cans uh, of pop exactly. uh, In fact, I need to tell everybody, uh, I, I personally drink kombucha. I have for a long time, and I, I drink one of your um, brew doctor kombuchas every single day. Well, thank you. And... Um, uh, I buy it at Farmer's Market in Grants Pass, Oregon. In fact, if you ever noticed, if you go to your Farmer's Market in Grants Pass, how much of your kombucha is selling? <laughs> we have a very nice distributor down in. there who helps us out. They we laugh try when to... I come in, Matt, because they know I'm not only there to buy my carrots and my broccoli and my green beans and my kale and all these other things that I'm buying. And I really like your lemon ginger uh, cayenne, yeah, yeah, for me, and I like your others, but that one's my favorite. And I also like your love one that's uh, got a kind of a taste of, I think, lavender. Yeah, lavender and jasmine mostly. Lavender and jasmine, and I love jasmine. But right. now, anecdotally, kombucha, and uh, and I will tell you. I've had uh, 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 GT Dave on here mm-hmm. with the other one, and you two don't even re- – they're just nothing alike. It's kind of like going to the store and trying to find a tea of different flavors and uh, to your taste and taking home all of it or both or more. But mm-hmm. back to yours. Uh, tell them some, uh, or I can tell them if you don't want to get into that moment uh, of the anecdotal reports that are coming from people that are drinking kombucha. Yeah, people definitely say it helps with all manner of uh, things. I think, for the most part, it's it's certainly proven that it aids in digestion. It kind of settles the stomach. Um, it's got uh, beneficial bacteria that, that help populate your digestive system and and kind of assist in, in digestion. I think that's the, the real main one. And, and I think that happening in the body can help with a number of other things. So maybe that is what is the, the root cause, but it, maybe it helps somebody, you know, with uh, 
you know, some a, a problem in their esophagus with acid reflux or something. And, right. And it's they that, say, now, hmm? what you've done with years now that I love and I drink every day is that the, the fizziness, the fizzle. But you've gotten into those different kinds of flavors. And audience, I must tell you, uh, I have people who have stopped the soda. And I've got so darn many. I have to keep enough around for people to have when they visit with me. But I also have got a lot of people starting to drink it, Matt. And they're looking for your doctor, brew doctor kombucha. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the colon cleansing, the purification of of cleaning out your arteries to digest with probiotics. I could go on and on. Uh, what it's doing to make people feel much more relaxed. And uh, and getting away from uh, and I'm going to say it they're getting away from drinking coffee, they're drinking tea and drinking kombucha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, definitely with. And by the, the way, I need to tell you too, Matt. I'm a close friend of the Dutch Brothers Coffee Group too. Oh really? <laughs> well, but, they, they they have no uh, lack for customers. They're doing. They hard. have no. And what they did too is like you're doing. And I do believe that your coffee houses and your business will also take off and do what our Starbucks people did, what the uh, Dutch Brothers did uh, with their coffee. Uh, I think you're, you're the future because you, your idea of going into the vision you've done with the um, um, fact that you've been into these tea houses and getting into more. And, and it's not just a place to place an office, but people can go in and visit and uh, sit mm-hmm. across each other uh, like they used to do in the soda fountains years ago. And they yeah. do in uh, uh, coffee counters uh, uh, in, in different restaurants. They always had a little coffee counter uh, where men could, or people could come and sit. Well, you're attracting people who like to drink tea, who want to drink kombucha. Now, do you have also some finger food or something that when they come in, they can have something between them? Or is it just strictly the liquid? No, yeah, we definitely have uh, food options. We offer um, locally made. We don't make anything ourselves because we want to just focus on the tea, but we bring in locally made pastries, including vegan and gluten-free options. Um, we also have miso soup because we find that that can oh, goes real well with excellent. what we're doing. Do you make your own miso soup? No, there is a local uh, supplier up here in Portland that just does it perfectly, and it's uh, fabulous. Yeah, it's it's excellent. And then we also carry um, some little. Uh, there's a local pot pie maker, so we're okay, able to, to bring those in for for lunch item. Oh, good. So they get to come in, and it's a social thing. And they can come in and uh, enjoy each other's company, have a break, or an afternoon where two gals or men can come in and and enjoy each other's company and and the coffee uh, and the tea houses. Instead of coffee houses, they're tea houses. Yeah, yeah, it's always a great energy. I love walking into our tea houses because there are so many people that are there and just kind of enjoying this unique experience that that a, that a tea house is because it's not so widespread like a coffee shop yet, you know, and right. it it really it feels special. Oh yeah. Oh no, you remember so far back you're young, way back in time they had these coffee houses and they'd find basements. And people like the coziness of a basement mm-hmm. or places and what you're doing. And I can see you franchising this and getting into a bigger way with this one. And right. now are you serving kombucha in all of those too? Yeah, absolutely. We yeah. uh we you know, we we bottle it and we also put it into small kegs and, and put it on tap. So we like to have it available mm-hmm. um all of our flavors on tap at our at our tea houses. So you're gearing up to making uh, providing kombucha on tap as you grow into your bigger markets. Yeah, absolutely. We have plenty of uh customers, a lot of co-ops and smaller grocery stores that 
they're getting demand from their customers, so they're asking us about it. And we put in a little uh, fridge that has a couple taps, and we, we sell them little kegs of it. And people like that because they can fill up, you know, a 64-ounce jug to take home and, oh, okay. and get kind of a bulk savings. Oh, that that's way. a huh. Yeah. So, I remember that. I don't think you guys have We're going to have a there. break right now uh, from Mad. This is our break time okay. for our sponsor, and, and they don't, they'll just, it'll go real fast. So don't go anywhere, and we're going to take that break, and we're going to be right back in just one moment. Follow us on Twitter at World Talk Radio. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's World Talk Radio. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Matt, uh, we were talking about kombucha. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when you make brew your kombucha, and it's a brewing, um, and when people go to drink it, are there any, is there anybody who have ever heard that cannot drink it for health reasons? No, you know I haven't. There's a lot of people who are concerned about gluten, so we get a lot of emails asking about that, and it's absolutely gluten free. Okay, of that's course. good to know. Um, no, I really it it's I guess it's pretty accept acceptable for almost everyone's you know constitution. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. what about that? Is it two percent sugar? Uh, yeah, there's. Um, I think there's about two uh, two grams of sugar per serving. Okay. So it is low sugar. And two grams. You know, something I should tell you about um, that we're we're looking into is we have a customer, a regular customer, drinks it every day, and she works in the medical field, and she has a history of high blood sugar, and she monitors her blood sugar every day, and she reports regularly to us that when she drinks our kombucha, her levels actually go down. Uh-huh. And she she's recommending that, we, you know, we talk to maybe an endocrinologist or someone in the diabetic field about, right. you know, an actual study. And, you know, we're still small, but we're trying to, to kind of find the relationships to, to make that happen because if that's the case, then it's it's a good alternative for people with high blood sugar because, again, it is something like a soda, you know, right. but actually something that lowers blood sugar levels. Exactly, because I think you're on something there, gluten-free, and then people, I'm, I'm very concerned that all this carbohydrate uh, sugar content is, is dehydration. And, and where I come with my research, Matt, is I've been studying when the baby is born, we leave that pocket of water and we begin a dehydration process. Those 50 trillion cells 
that were nourished in the womb are no longer, they're having to deal with the humidity that's mm-hmm. available to you and the air you're living in. That's why you hear me say, and you should always drink. It's vital. With those 50 trillion cells, and I've had a Nobel Prize winner on our show who won the Nobel Prize for proving there's water in that molecule, believe it or not, Matt. He said he had to laugh because he's from Switzerland. He said, would you believe, Sharon, it took 25 years, 20 doctors, scientists, and millions of dollars to prove that molecule's in there? <laughs> oh, they yeah. wanted to make sure, Matt, it stayed there. <laughs> I definitely learned but a lot during your intro. my field then came along, and I was studying the dehydration of it. And have you noticed all those horrible diseases that are not gaining any control or solving? They're going in and creating, a, a, I call it a, a patch of what is happening, a patch uh, like a Band-Aid, and they're not solving those diseases. And I'm convinced if those cells, those cells must be nourished, they must have water. That's the solvent. Water is the solvent of all life on earth. Then when we go into these different liquids that go into our body, we've got to be aware of the fact some of them can also be a cleansing. And that's what kombucha and tea can do. It's a cleansing. And uh, so then when I came along and noticed that all these diseases, and I've actually had people who said, and my friends at Dutch Brothers and, and the fellow who's the founder of Starbucks and everybody, those people who drink coffee will always drink coffee. But they've got to realize, don't drink too much coffee because it does cause a dehydration if you overdo it. If you have too much sugar, it, if you have too much carbohydrate, it causes a real problem to those cells. They get heated up and like little manure toxin will collect in there. You don't want that. And that's where your tea is a cleanser and uh, your kombucha is a, can be a cleanser, a de- yeah. detoxification. And people today are all looking for that education about how to feel better. Right. We like feeling better. We don't, you know, this thing out there, and I might step on some toes, but this latest thing with marijuana, that's a dehydrator. If, if people want to learn, yes, they legalized alcohol, and they've legalized prescription drugs, and they've legalized or across-the-counter uh, medications and drugs. Now they're going in and doing this other one called marijuana. They don't realize the dehydration of that. You don't know which person's going to be affected by any dehydration. Hmm. Any dehydration. And as you've been learning, it's what you eat, it's how much water you drink, and it's how you take care of yourself. And don't run to the medicine cabinet every time you don't feel good. You want to get up in the morning and be educated like you're doing, Matt, and this show's doing, about what do I learn more about what's available to uh, for me. Now, um, when if what type of teas, teas are becoming so exciting. What type of, of the loose teas do you have available? Well, we've got about 120. So 120? Yeah, we try to have ah. basically everything tea, you know, and, and there are companies I think that have much more than that, but we try to to have a really strong collection of teas that people are would expect us to have and then teas that also surprise people that they've never heard of, never seen, but but uh, once they have they they really delight in. Um so, you know, we've got Everything across the board, Japanese sencha, traditional matcha powder, which is, you know, the Japanese tea ceremony. Tea. Yeah. We've got a lot of uh, Chinese greens as well, um, black teas from all over India and China. Um, Pu'er has been gaining a lot of popularity, which is um, 
which is a Chinese style of of black tea. Um, I guess it's it can be considered a green or white tea, but it basically it's 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 like aging. It's almost like uh, oxidizing tea um, by piling it up and letting it um, essentially like almost like a compost. You know, so it cooks oh. the tea um, while it ages, and uh-huh. and that a lot of people have found um, you know extra. Um, anti-aging, antioxidant properties in, in pu'er tea. Uh, mm-hmm. We also have a, a full apothecary line that we had uh, had an herbalist on staff for a little while, and she helped us um, create that. And we basically have three categories, troubleshooting blends. These are things that, you know, will target specific things like a sore throat or a mm-hmm. upset stomach. Mood and you call tonic, them troubleshooting so, blends. Troubleshooting blends, yeah. So, so you know, you're, you're troubleshooting, you got a headache. If <laughs> a person your came to your site, they could look up troubleshooting blends. Do you have that on your site? Yeah, I think on the site you would just go to the, it's the uh, there's a section called Herbal and Apothecary. Okay. And they'll all be in there. So, you know, throat tender, uh, allergy relief, uh, teas like that. And then there's uh, mood tonics. So there's like a, like a love potion style tea that's got, um, you know, uh, different kind of aphrodisiac herbs. There's a happiness tea, uh, dream time, one that will help you fall asleep and also will make your dreams more vivid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we've kind of got these collections of herbs. And that's why when I, when I said earlier that people are, are passionate about all the different things you can do with tea. You know, there's teas that'll wake you up, teas that'll put you to sleep, teas that'll settle your stomach, and all of them are. What about hydrated. calming, calming you? Yeah, absolutely. What about food? And uh, if you have a craving and you're trying to uh, to to uh, slow down the craving for more food, does that you have? I'll probably, yeah, probably have all of that. Yeah, I think I think a kombucha would probably serve. <laughs> I th- yeah, one. I think it would too. I'm glad yeah. you brought it up. Yeah, and actually, Pat, I need to say something, mm-hmm. and you can back me up. I've had a lot of tell- people tell me they lost inches when they start drinking kombucha. What do you mean? They lost inches of weight. Oh, uh, they lost uh, inches. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah they, uh, they've lost weight, but they lost inches by eating the same things they always ate. But as soon as they started drinking kombucha, hmm. they lost inches uh, uh, around the middle and yeah. throughout the body. See, these are the things you hear in the kombucha world, and it's it's so hard to, you know, put them on the label because oh, you there's don't want to. no real proof. <laughs> I'm in the medical you know? field. You, yeah. you just let the individual exactly. tell exactly. the world about it and word of mouth. Yeah, right. that's, that's the truth. Exactly. Uh, you're, you're, people uh, are finding it. They're liking it. It's, it tastes good. you got mm-hmm. all these. Now, on the teas with 120 teas mm-hmm. that are available, so if a person comes to your tea houses, do they get a choice of that many teas? Yeah, we have oh. uh, we have a wall of of sample jars, so they oh can my. look at the teas, they can smell the jar, smell the teas. Oh my, smell the it jars. too. We've got uh, you know a big tea list that uh, okay. people can take home if they like. Um, but but really, uh, turning to our, our our tea tenders, we call them the people behind the counter for for guidance is always a, a sure bet because they know you know, what the most popular things are. And if someone says kind of what they're in the mood for, they'll they'll be able to hit upon it exactly. So if I walked in and said, you know, I'm really tired. I'm always getting drowsy today. I need mm-hmm. something to give me a lift. What would you recommend for somebody who needs a little energy? Not those energy drinks. I'm right. anti-energy drinks. What would you say would be a good energy uh, picker-upper uh, and a tea to drink? Well, so, yeah, there'd be a number of options, and I would kind of start by asking, well, do you feel like uh, like a latte? Because we have 11 different chai recipes that we make to order latte style, and those are very popular because they're, again, like a, almost like a coffee conversion style drink. Now, how do you, how do you make a latte tea? 
Well, what we do is we put the uh, tea and the herbs in a chai. So, for instance, I might recommend for you the roasted mate guarana chai. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, got clove, ginger, cinnamon, guarana nut, and, and roasted uh, South American yerba mate. And we put that loose right into like a preparation tin, a stainless steel tin, and we add the water. And then we mm-hmm. add milk, and then we steam that all up with a real powerful steam wand and get it hot and frothy, mm-hmm. and we let, it, mm-hmm. we let it steep. We let it sit for about six or seven minutes so all the flavor can come out of those, of those uh, different spices. Oh, and then we, yeah. we sweeten it with uh, organic sugar and honey, just a little bit, mostly, okay. mostly honey. And, and also people will choose to add agave or something different. But. Mm-hmm. And then we, uh, we steam it up again to get a nice little head of foam on it, and then we pour it through a strainer into the cup or the pot, and it... Mm-hmm. It's uh, those are very popular. Oh, I bet that's yeah. popular. <laughs> oh, unbelievable! I can just see sitting with my husband or friends and in mm-hmm. your tea houses and and uh, and having a little something to taste in between, and then sitting there and drinking something like that. That is sounds unbelievable. And so you're into the chais too. Oh, yeah. So that's um, definitely a strong winter seller. You know, we yeah. also make every single tea in our tea list um, iced. So we, you know, okay. we don't put it in the summer because mm-hmm. we also make everything iced. We have traditional Taiwanese bubble tea. And so for people who don't know what that is. It's, no, what is that? I've never heard of it's it. It's also called uh, tapioca pearl tea. It's a, it's a cold drink um, out of Taiwan. It um, is usually like a green tea, and then it's sweetened with like a, a fruit concentrate, or um, or just with milk and sugar. Um, and then there are we we slow cook these little uh, tapioca balls that are each about a quarter of an inch in diameter, and we put those in the bottom of the cup, and we have a very big straw that you use, and the tapioca comes up through the straw, oh. and you eat it, you know, as a uh-huh. almost like a dessert while you're drinking oh my this sweetened tea. <laughs> And it's, it's pretty great. It's, and the consistency is almost like, uh, well, I don't know. It's like a soft, uh, like almost like gum that breaks down, you know, the, the uh-huh. tapioca pearls. And, and they yeah. kind of have almost like a, a caramelly sweet flavor. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah it, oh, my god. It's gosh. pretty fantastic. So that carries us through the summer when it's not exactly hot tea season. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and of course, people uh, year-round could have that anyway. Uh, yeah, oh, and they do. <laughs> they absolutely do. And the same with kombucha. You know, even though it's a right. cold drink, we sell plenty in the winter. Yeah. Now, how old? Now, uh, we've had people on, and we've discussed the 5,000 years of tea. Mm-hmm. When did you, when you began your uh, vision and you started studying tea, what did you learn about it uh, that became so fascinating, how old it is? Yeah, I mean, basically that it it's... It's kind of the first thing that people did with with water, you know, as far as making an experiential drink, um, you know, by adding something to water and mm-hmm. then Hot it, water, boiling water. Yeah, and that that it grew, um, you know, through all the, the regions and the countries, and then just how it, how different this one plant is from country to country and climate zone to climate zone. Now, why did you? You know, I've heard both sides. Did this originate in China, the way so many stories, or did it originate in Japan? Uh, well, I think I've heard China. That's, China. That's I pretty have much to, what I've heard. And I but... also heard something about Japan. Okay. And, and now in kombucha, where did it originate? I'm pretty sure that was the, the border of, uh, of China and Tibet. Um, okay. Okay. That may, yeah. Oh, yes. That would make sense in Tibetan mm-hmm. area, the, there in that uh, area. Yeah. yeah. The culture. Now, before we're done, we've got two minutes left for you to tell us about 
the children. You are also the founder of Ecology no. and Classrooms. No, no, that's the the nonprofit we've chosen to support. Oh, that's your nonprofit. So, yeah, we, we've gotten involved with them. We help them with uh, their work days. What what they do, they're called Ecology and Classrooms and Outdoors, and they've got a okay. website at ecologyoutdoors.org. Okay. And, you know, we were looking for for some way to give, you know, part of, of what we earn as a company um, back to the community. And one thing that I'm, I'm a strong believer in is that kids today, you know, surrounded by, you know, digital screens aren't getting out into nature like they should, like they did when, even when I was a kid, which, you know, was only 20 years ago. Um, and so what they do is they go into classrooms and they take science enrichment programs where it teaches mm-hmm. the children uh, second grade through eighth grade about the habitat in their community. They can just go out to, like, a local stream or river or forest oh. and learn everything, you know, from the bugs that are there to the animals that are there, that what's what's in the water, they look at it under a microscope. Oh um, things that yeah. that really are not being funded at all in schools. So they get grants written and, you know, corporate support from us. And that's oh, fundraiser. And so I, I, th- I feel like that's a, a good place to... Oh, you chose a good one effort. because yeah. that way it gets the children outside Mm-hmm. It gives the teachers an excuse for the children to have an excuse to yeah. go out for a field trip. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and carry a, a book. Now, I hope to God they're not carrying a ha- um, um, an iPad, a, a laptop, <laughs> right. or an iPad. I hope they're literally touching a book. Yeah, you know, they use compasses. <laughs> you know, they they learn to use compasses. They have these kind of mushroom identification field oh. guides. Uh, uh-huh. You know, wildlife bird identification field guides. No, it's it's very. I've gone on a few of their field trips, and it, it's a lot of fun because these kids, honestly, so many of them have they just they have no idea what is in in their backyard, essentially. So it's it, it, well, it really exciting to We're going to take one more break, mm-hmm. and we only have a few moments after that. So don't you go anywhere, because I know you'll probably be flying out the door as soon as we're done. But give us a moment, and we're going to take mm-hmm. a break, Matt, and we'll be right back, and uh, we'll let you tell us what you think is important for the world to hear. Okay. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with Just a Mist, and we'll be right back with Matt Thomas. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our favorite press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the World Talk Radio Network. listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Matt, 
Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, and you might not want to answer it yet, but uh, are you considering possibly uh, franchising your tea houses so more people can get into experiencing uh, tea houses? We definitely get a lot of interest. Um, I bet you do. People that come to the Northwest and see one of our tea houses and experience it, and then they go back home and, and you know, whether, mm-hmm. I don't know what leads them to the the want to start their own thing, but yeah, they have a lot of interest in in doing what we're doing. And at this mm-hmm. point, we're we're focused on opening stores the way we want to, um, mm-hmm. with our own hands at the wheel. Your for own format, yeah. your own yeah, um, but, control quality. Right, and we we just finished negotiating a lease in Eugene, actually. So we'll have a store mm-hmm. opening uh, finally in Eugene, back where it started, Eugene, Oregon, and University of Oregon. Um, mm-hmm. So that's exciting and early. And don't uh, forget about Grand Pass. I, I will tell you about. Uh, Grants Pass, have you ever been down to Grants Pass very much? Oh, no, it's been a long time. Well, Grants Pass has that famous Rogue River right through the middle right, of it. And you know, right. they have that Jet Hellsgate excursion where thousands of people take those big boats, and they go down to dinners and lunches and brunches, and and then we have Shakespeare and we have the... Right. Yeah, that's why would definitely the, be on the list, I think. Southern Oregon. And here yeah. in Grants Pass, we have outside cafes, we have the antique shops, the Jet Hellsgate excursion boats, I mean, absolutely. And they started here a wine cafe, and they've got all these little different types of cafes. And I could see uh, it going year-round. Uh, but in the summertime, we bring people from all over the world to southern Oregon. We have hiking uh, going down uh, the trail from the Rogue River all the way down to the ocean with a maintained government trail that even a little three-year-old could walk on with her parents. Uh, we have those uh, a boat. Tra- uh, we have the um, orange torpedo boats and all the river guide stuff and all that stuff going on. And people that come here are the people that would love those um, tea, house, uh, tea houses. Mm-hmm. We have well, our I will keep that in mind. That, Put it on the list. Uh, I mean, I just have been watching it for a year ever, and I just get hypnotized by what they're doing in this community is the awnings yeah. and uh, and they eat out, and they have tea. They have outside cafes all year round because, oh, sure, if it's a pouring down bad day, but if it's not, if it's if it's sunshine at all, they're sitting outside. Hmm. And uh, uh, here in, in town, but we've got those uh, uh, Jet Hellsgate groups, uh, that Hellsgate right. boat that goes down with thousands and thousands of people in the summer. They come from all over the world, and they enjoy it, and the, the lodging and. And the Tap Croc Cafe, and I could go on. And, yeah. and of course, in my case, uh, to buy your kombucha, which is close to the, that area, close to the river, is the farmer's market. But, and they're into people being buying healthy, being healthy. And, uh, and by the way, that's where the, the Dutch brothers uh, live. Uh, one of oh, them really? passed away, uh, sadly. But that's where it began. It was Grants Pass, Oregon, is the Dutch brothers' coffee um, Right, right. Um, I've heard about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But now back to uh, some time we have left. What are you What are you finding on the tea craze? Is it kind of surprising you? Yeah, I mean, in a way it is, in a way it isn't. I mean, I, I feel like I've felt it coming, and other people I talk to in the tea community, you know, even through a recession, we, we've seen growth and more places opening up, you know, around tea, more businesses starting. Now, how much are your teas going for, and for how much? Like the beverages? Yeah, the size of your tea, how much is it yeah. competing well, with so the coffee? We have uh, 12 and 16-ounce mug options and then a little 22 and 32-ounce pot 
option. And so you can spend as little as a dollar. Uh, I think it's a dollar sixty for a small cup of tea. Okay. Um, but the, the lattes cost more, just kind of like it would, you know, at a coffee shop. Very pretty but comparable about, to coffee. That'd be about three fifty. Yeah, three fifty for like a sixteen ounce chai okay. latte. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And of course, when they come in now, when you brew those teas for them, do they uh, walk over to your selection? Uh, I knew you probably have a menu, but do they do they commonly walk over to the selection and and choose? Well, yeah, we have that right right near the register, and okay. um, so they look at that, or they know what they want, or they you know interact okay. with one of the tea tenders, and then we take their order, and and if it's not that busy. We we can remember who it is, and everybody goes and takes a seat because you know tea takes time. It's not like right. coffee where you can stand and brew wait. It. And yeah, right. and if if we're going to do it right, we and we want to do it right, we we need to give it the time that it requires. So, now to brew tea right, mm-hmm. you just opened up one. To do brew tea right, how do you brew tea so people can hear about it when they're at home? Well, really, the, I feel the best way is to give it as much space in the hot water as possible. First, first of all, to know what temperature uh, water to use. You know, black tea, oolong tea, you can't really mess up. You can use boiling water. Um, but if you've got kind of a more delicate green or white tea, you want to make sure you're not getting your water too hot or that you're adding a little bit of cold water back oh. to it. Because, it, you know, you can really kind of cook out the more subtle flavors that would emerge in like 160 degree water okay. if you're using 200 that's degree water. That's something to hear. Okay, I had never heard that one. Yeah, that's, a um, new one. that's very important. So it's basically temperature and time, you know, and mm-hmm. then the quantity of leaf that you use. And I like to, to make it right in, in one big, uh, you know, pot or prep tin rather than putting it in like a, a, a tea basket or something. I like to give it room for the leaves to unfurl and move around. And oh, then so I you pour just, it through a strainer uh, into my pot, and a loose amount into the into the pot. Yeah, well, into into some kind of vessel. You don't put um, them in a you don't put them in a filter bag or a little tea holder. Not if I can avoid it. I mean, if I have a, a prep tin or another teapot, I'll put it right in the pot, and then when it's done okay. steeping, after you know two, three, four minutes, whatever that tea requires, I'll okay. pour it through a strainer into my the pot. That there I'm we go. Oh, I bet it would keep the flavor. Yeah, well, it's it just you're getting the most out of your tea. You know, with with the the more and more great teas that are avail are available, people are, people are spending more money. They want to make sure that they're getting that experience at home that we're. And providing the tea, then, if you have leftover tea, uh, what do you recommend if they have a, a pot that's got some leftover tea? They've strained it, mm-hmm. and how do they uh, how do they uh, what do they do to store that tea that's left over so they don't have to throw it away? Oh, right. So if there's some left in the pot, yeah, you could pour it in a glass and put it in the fridge if you want to drink okay. it the next day. Um, or yeah. just cover it, you know, for a day and heat and it, it back doesn't, up. And it doesn't really lose its flavor because I've done that. Yeah. No, it definitely uh, keeps its flavor, you know, in it, it's it's... It's not ideal, of course, as a fresh pot of tea, but it, it definitely right. Oh no, it's not. But it's you fine. Yeah. yeah. In countries like China, they do that. They do mm-hmm. save their tea, and they don't put it in the refrigerator, though. Right. They uh, save it um, room temperature. Okay. And I, I don't know whether that is right or wrong, uh, but I. Oh, I think it's it. probably fine. You know, as long as you're not letting it sit there for so many well, days. Well, I need the lid could... on it so it's protected yeah. from the air and the bacteria in the air. Now, we're almost done. But tell me what you think about, and then we'll. Well, our show will be done, but uh, what do you think about this craze about green tea? All these people, oh, I drink green. My brother, my husband drinks it. I drink jasmine green tea because I love it. But uh, we have all this municipal uh, health, uh, healthiness and anecdotal reports about uh, drinking green tea for health. Yeah, absolutely. I think... 
because cancer has touched everyone. Um, people are looking at the the changes you can make to your daily lifestyle that might you know might help in your eventual probable fight against some sort of cancer. Um, and and green tea is is proven by many medical studies to have you know antioxidant properties that eliminate free radicals that you know countries that where green tea is just part of daily life, those countries show a lot lower rates of cancer. And, and our country has, I, I just, I used to be president of the American Cancer Society for many, many years and, and, and very much involved in doctors' groups and across the country and the state of Oregon. And I cannot believe what, we have not conquered that disease. It's awful. It's an awful disease. Did you and know, that, and, and, and we'll, the show will be over, but did you know that G.T. Daves, that's how he got into kombucha? Yeah, I've seen mother, the, yeah, his you heard the story? story is very, uh, exactly. very great. Yeah. Exactly. And you're probably on to something there, that if people can cleanse themselves with the kombucha and the teas and, and the hot water, and, of course, I'm back to the plain water. We need to drink plain water every right. day, too. But I want to thank you. Um, oh, I guess we have five more minutes left here. Okay. Um, but I wanted to ask you, um, on what, what, now your visions are coming along since 2002. Mm-hmm. And you've got uh, your tea houses. You've got oh, do you distribute? Uh, do you sell the tea to other uh, businesses, or do you just sell it there? Uh, yeah. Or do you just use it? Sure. There are a number of uh, coffee shops and restaurants, um, even like yoga studios, that buy our loose tea. Yeah, I almost forgot to ask you that. I'm glad I yeah. Yeah, they buy it in the wholesale, and we, you know, we get them set up with uh, ways to prepare it and instructions Wonderful. and promotional material and. Uh-huh. So we're we're constantly shipping out tea all over. Um, and where do you most of your teas come from? Do you get them from all over the world, or uh... yeah, pretty much all over the world. I mean, uh-huh. I would say, gosh, um, China probably the most, and then um, I think India probably second most. And then there's oh, okay. so many herbs, you know, that we we are constantly looking for. And herbs are something that we can actually source within the United States, which is wonderful. Um, and so we're. I'd sure like to for... see the United States get into growing tea, uh, raising. Yeah, it, it 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 happens here and there. It, it's a climate issue as well as uh, basically, you know, like a farming, you know, mm-hmm. cash issue. It's not it's not a big money maker. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I know there are places in Hawaii that are doing it and almost almost you know acting as a nonprofit. There are people that support them. Mm-hmm. So they can exist, and and it's very exciting. They make some pretty wonderful teas, actually, in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But it has a lot to do with what type of climate. It sounds like yeah. it takes a lot of humid climate. Yeah, I think places that aren't prone to uh, really cold winters, you know, okay. very mild. Because um, mm-hmm. I think a freeze is, is real bad for the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Well, uh, now we're almost done. Um, where would they come to your site? Do you want to give them the site to come to to learn all of this that we've talked about today? Sure, yeah, Townsend's Tea, and that's Townsend's with an H in the middle. So it looks like Townshend. So it's T-O-W-N-S-H-E-N-D-S. N-D-S, dot com. yeah. And that you can link to BrewDoctorKombucha.com off of there. There's a link right to it. Or you can go straight to BrewDoctorKombucha.com. And I should ask you real quick, how did you come up with Brew Doctor Kombucha? Oh, we just were asking our employees, what should we name our kombucha? And and that one kind of came up, and I thought, you know, it, it fits because... 
it's it's a wellness drink. It's a natural wellness drink. And, That's right. That's you know, right. You, you get, and before you go, do you have a flavor that you can announce to us is coming, or you, are you satisfied with what you have in flavors? Well, that love flavor is, is definitely our newest. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, we're always tinkering with a few, but nothing that we've uh, hit okay. upon to, to release, no. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Matt. And I appreciate because I know you're on the go because you're a very busy, successful, and I wish you well. And if you ever get to Grants Pass, Oregon, you're going to have to give us a call. You bet. Thank you so much, Sharon. Okay, you have a nice day and be well. All righty. You too. Bye. Okay. We want to say today that having Matt Thomas on here to, uh, on our show, Matt is absolutely one of the most visionary people that I had. I could hardly wait to get him on because we covered so much about what is happening with tea. And it is not just a craze. It's been going on for 5,000 years. And you may have heard me mention the fact that in Holland, they, they were drinking hard liquor because the tea was so bad so far back and uh, to have something liquid. So they go off to China, they come back from China and start brewing tea. And this happened long, long ago. And here in America now, we have decided we also like tea. And Matt is absolutely, go onto his site, look him up, and uh, you will learn more about why I think tea is the medicinal new excitement in your health and don't let go. But always remember, drink plain water, fresh water every day, up to eight to 10 glasses. Embrace your life every moment, and that's why this show is here. And embrace somebody else's, and that's why our special guests come on to tell you that. But earth whispers, never say goodbye. Leave something of yourself behind. Touch yourself, but touch somebody else's life. Don't take it all with you. I want to thank you for listening. You have a nice day, and be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 